Hey everyone, Christy McClellan here, and I want to invite you to a brand new event from Lifeway Women called Feast. At this event, you'll be invited to feast on God's Word by studying the Bible in its historical, cultural context. We're going to get to know the Bible in its world, in its native habitat, text, and context. You'll experience teaching, worship led by my 25-year friend, Laura Cooksey, and fellowship with other women around the world. Come and learn with me that the living God is better than we ever knew. Visit LifeWay.com slash Feast to learn more. This is the Mark Podcast from LifeWay Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Has God called you to lead? Whether you've been a leader for years and are looking for new strategies, tools, and encouragement, or you want to explore your call to leadership, Lifeway Women offers training events that equip you to carry out your mission. We offer one-day and three-day leadership training in a variety of cities throughout the U.S. and online. We'd love to have you join us this year. Learn more at lifeway.com forward slash women's events. Welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Heinemann, and I am here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Elizabeth. It's good to be back. Yes. So today we're really excited. We have a repeat guest. So Ashlyn Portero talked with us. I don't even know. It's been a couple of years, I think, when Mary Margaret was host of the Mark Podcast, and we talked about missions. So today we are having Ashlyn back on to talk about a little bit something different. Um, So... Ashlyn, tell us about yourself and your ministry. Yeah, welcome to the Mark yeah, Podcast. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, it's great to be back. Um, yeah, so I live in Tallahassee, Florida, and I serve on staff uh, with my church, City Church, as one of two executive directors. Um, and so ministry-wise, what that usually means is that I spend my days uh, working alongside our staff to bring support and strategy to our ministries. I'm primarily working with our next generation ministries, our communications team, and then our sending efforts. Um, and then just kind of personal life and ministry. I So I'm 32. I graduated from Florida State University. Um, Tallahassee is my hometown. Uh, and then now I'm back in school online, uh, pursuing a master's at Talbot School of Theology at Biola University. Um, and then I, within our church, I also lead a book club for women as part of our women's discipleship initiatives and yeah just enjoy being a member of my church and all that comes along with that that's so great well okay so just because of your position it's very different than what we hear a lot of women talk (laughs) about as far as 
church staff. And I, there's probably going to be some women who are listening to this and they're like, how did she get to do that? Or, yeah. <laughs> you know, where did that come from? So tell us a little bit about your journey and how the Lord just kind of opened those doors. Sure. So I served for about four and a half years on our church staff as the assistant to our senior pastor, Dean. And uh, that's really how I got my start in vocational ministry. Um, and that role grew. So I came on when our church was about two and a half, maybe three years old. And that role grew and expanded as the church did. And so I started to learn a little more about uh, kind of vision and strategy. Uh, and then also just because of the administrative nature of my role. And um, if you are living the church plant life, you'll understand that everybody wears a lot of different hats. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Kind of led to some coordination of some uh, ministry, like kind of church-wide ministry efforts beyond just the office of the senior pastor. Um, so I kind of did some admin and some work in areas like care and uh, generosity and community outreach partnerships. And so I really got a taste of a lot of different aspects of, of church ministry and, and kind of working within our specific church. Um, and then in 2015, we went through a reorganization and I moved into an operations type role that has continued to, to really grow and to shift into the role that it is today. And so I work alongside my co-executive director, Alex, and um, together he and I work with Dean, our, our pastor, um, to really help carry out the, the mission of the church. And so, I mean, that was kind of the trajectory. And then personally, you know, really, I, I just caught the vision of the church early on. That was what compelled me before any idea of being a women, being a woman in um, church leadership. And um, by, by catching the vision, I just mean like I was very compelled by and, and loved what was being uh, preached and, and taught and lived out in the church. And so I just tried to offer myself as someone who was um, trusted and, and capable and enthusiastic and had, you know, ambition for the kingdom and um, was given a lot of room to grow and develop as, as a young person within a good church culture. And so um, that value for, for women and, and welcoming them into leadership roles uh, kind of led to to all of that happening. Yeah, I think that is um, a really cool way that your church has really allowed you to use your giftings and your interests and Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. We have a lot of women who listen who may like to work in the ministry space, perhaps at their local church or perhaps not, and perhaps not in a more traditional role for women. Like I think a lot of times we think of women in the church, working in the church as the children's ministry or the women's ministry areas. So what is, what, how would you encourage women who would like to work in a ministry space, maybe using giftings that are a little bit non-traditional, like Mm -hmm. quotes around that word, um, for women in the local church? Yeah, well, one thing I would say to really both women and men, um, this, you know, is true for everyone, but just to kind of show up, I think, for the life stages of your church. Um, So in the same way that we as people, you know, develop and grow and change, so do our churches because they're made up of people. Um, But for women, you know, the role you see yourself wanting to serve in Um, might not exist yet in your church. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's important to approach ministry really with a willingness to just serve and and be a part of what God is doing. Um, You know, for our church, you know, below the the lead pastor and elder role, like there's a lot of flexibility for how leadership roles can play out. And so 
um, when you have great elders and, and a healthy culture, you know, you can be creative at certain levels with how you organize leadership to meet the needs of the church. And so um, I, I think it's important to be open-minded. And also at the same time, you can't come in with, it's not helpful to come in with such a narrow view that, you know, you exclude yourself from every type of ministry except for the role in your head, you know, like right, you yeah. can't be too idealistic. Um, but really, I think, you know, applying yourself to to growing in Christ, to growing in the scriptures, to growing within the context of your church, um, and, and just serving well and enjoying being a part of the church, I think that uh, comes to be noticed. So like just thinking about examples, you know, if you're a woman who loves to study and write, you know, maybe you approach your discipleship team and ask if you can help with research or preparing study guides or whatever the need is. You know, if, if you're passionate about connection and assimilation, you know, you, you could approach almost any ministry area, I think, and and offer yourself to say, hey, I want to help more people in the church get connected. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I could go on and on with, um, with ideas, but I think that um, just continuing to offer yourself um, to, to what the needs are. Uh, and then I think if you find yourself, you know, being met with maybe hesitation or resistance, um, I would wait before jumping to the conclusions about the intent of your church, you know, towards women or, or something, but, but I would mm-hmm. press forward and in, in maybe some loving, honest conversations about, uh, what it might look like to, to welcome and encourage women into different areas of ministry. Cause it just may be that it hasn't been done before or women haven't been equipped there uh, and and what a great opportunity, you know, to, to get to be a part of that. I think what you said, too, just, I mean, and I, as you were talking about that, it reminded me of my own journey of being on a church staff. Mm-hmm. It was really out of just kind of an overflow of where I was volunteering. Yeah. And I was, and I just felt called to work with students. And, you know, I was doing some freelance things on the side and our, our pastor came to me and, you know, just was you know, just kind of said, hey, we see you, we see what you're doing, and we'd like to, you know, bring you on part-time. And even at the time, I really felt more called to women's ministry because I was leading women's Bible studies. But um, after just praying and seeing that the Lord was opening that door, it just led to one other door and to an, another thing, and and just kind of that opportunity that the Lord opens the door, not us pushing the door open, so to speak. And I was thinking about my own experience because I was also on a church staff and I was a secretary or admin assistant, whichever word you want to use. But, um, and the pastor saw that I love to write and to edit Mm -hmm. and that I enjoyed children's ministry. And so they would let me basically do whatever I wanted in those spaces, as well as, um, encourage me to grow in those areas. And they would, you know, um, encourage me to get involved in the children's ministry and get involved in the women's ministry or whatever it was. I edited like a newsletter that they had. And so just things like that. I think if we're speaking to the leaders, whether they're men or women, um, I think this podcast is probably more women listening, but, but look at the people that are serving already that are on staff and what are some ways that you can help nurture their skills and their interests, um, as well as, looking for your like ways to serve using your interests. So like, I think it's both the leadership and the people in the seats already, like looking at what, um, how we can all just use our skills and our giftings and our interests for the good of the local church. Absolutely. And if I could just add, you know, if you are 
called to, you know, one of those kind of the so-called what, what we sort of refer to as like traditional roles of women in church leadership, like if you are fired up about teaching children the Bible or leading kids programs or teaching this women's Bible study, you know, don't let yourself believe that, um, you know, that, that those are outdated ways of serving the body. Like those right. are high callings, you know, yeah. to, to make disciples of Jesus. In fact, I wish we saw more men in family ministry roles, uh, whether that's, you know, professionally or, or vocationally as, as lay leaders. Um, but I mean, one of the people that I most trust and call on for thoughts and input is our kids director because she knows the ins and outs of much of the family life of our church. And so mm-hmm. I would say in any area, to your point, Elizabeth, um, you know, advocate for those areas of your church and care about the health of those ministries and, and just don't let them become the silos where maybe like women run things apart from the church leadership because that that's kind of the bigger problem. But I think we have women serving in our church you know, in, at, at, in leadership roles in college ministry, discipleship, our, our entire communications team is female. And, and those are all just women who are really serious about, you know, serving the Lord with what they have and, and serving the body and, and doing excellent work. So, And it doesn't always mean a paycheck, does it? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know that a lot of women who do work on a church staff, um, especially in a position like yours, um, most of the time, they're, you're going to be working mostly with men. And and really, if you are on a church staff, for the most part, you're probably going to be one of the few women. So this is one of those fields um, that we definitely. So let's talk a little bit about advice, encouragement that you might give women who are trying to navigate. You know, they're navigating working in kind of a male dominated um, team. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think first, it's important to remember that for Christians, we're working with our brothers and so we have to care about having healthy, solid relationships with, you know, men and women. Um, and, and that can be really great. Like I'm someone who, as I look back over my life, I've always appreciated having these brother types around. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I've always had a good collection of girlfriends as well as guy friends. And I think life is just much more full and fun when you have great friendships with, with both genders. Um, I think part of working well with one another is understanding how men and women are different. Um, but instead of using that information, you know, to, to distance one from the other, I think it's supposed to bring us together in a way that invites us to really depend upon one another and to understand one another and, and really to understand God in more robust and, and beautiful ways. And I mean, what a great call for the Christian life, you know, as God redeems our vision of, of human flourishing, um, So I think it's important to say that for women, they should not feel like, you know, we should not feel like we have to abandon our distinct sense of womanhood in order to thrive in leadership roles. Um, And so, for example, you know, there are distinct and observable differences about the ways that Alex, my co-executive director, and I lead. I think anyone would say that. Um, But rather than, you know, that creating division and and chaos, I I think and, and I hope that it brings more stability, you know, more understanding and and a more well-rounded leadership to our team. And and we see that play out in just about every er every area of ministry at our church. So ultimately, I think taking the time to learn the people that you work with, um, I think it actually allows you to work alongside one another with less self-consciousness about that. Because, I mean, at some point, like you've got to roll up your sleeves and get the work work done (laughs) and and do ministry together. Um, 
So I would say have awareness of your complementary distinctions, but like let it free you to be yourself and, and to welcome and support your brothers as who they are too. Um, and, and don't be afraid to say when, when you see something different or you think differently, um, because that, that's what you're there for. Like you're there to be you. You're, you're not there to be someone else. Yeah, we talked about that on a recent webinar. Um, we did a whole webinar um, for just, I mean, it was on just working with men and mm-hmm. women. And Jen Wilkin uses this term a lot. And we talked about it, just the sacred siblings mm-hmm. that you're working yeah. with, that God has brought this brotherhood and the sisters together and, and working. I'm curious, too, because you've mentioned Alex and you guys are co-executive directors. So how do you all split your jobs? Like, how do you, do you have different roles that you play? We do. So we oversee different departments. Uh, so I'm over our next gen ministries, our communications team, our sending efforts. Um, and, and then Alex primarily oversees our discipleship environments, um, our uh, kind of administrative uh, departments, um, our connections ministry, and, and then kind of our music um, uh, and, and sort of Sunday morning environments. And so we have different areas, but I was just saying to Dean, our pastor the other day, sometimes it's almost like you can see into the other person's world, like almost clearer sometimes than you can see your own because you're in it. Um, And so we're constantly in communication and giving feedback across, you know, across the org chart to one another. And of course, all of that is happening in our work with Dean and, and kind of really hearing what's on his mind and his heart as he uh, leads and, and directs the church. And so the three of us are in constant communication and then that sort of uh, plays out, you know, and, and our leadership is expressed in, in the different areas that we oversee, but it's always uh, all of us working together. Yeah, I love that. And I, I think that that is one of the things like, yes, in a church, you do have that brother sister mm-hmm. relationship, but I think any male dominated space one of the things that you said was just you don't have to give up who you are mm-hmm. to to be a leader. And I think that's something that is true no matter what environment you work in, because you may work in an environment with mostly men and they're not all believers. So they're not your brothers in Christ. And so yeah. but I do think some of that advice still applies like the like looking at what complements each other and how you can use your strengths as a woman and they can use their strengths as men. And you can kind of work together on that. And I think that's so important. And it's something that we have the privilege if we work in a church or a Christian environment of them also being our brothers, which adds like a beautiful extra layer to it. Um, but I think that's something that any woman can take. Um, I mean, not even necessarily in a working environment, but in your marriage, like that's a great mm-hmm. or just any relationship that you have. Um, it's just good to know each other's strengths and and play off of those rather than it being a competition like you said, um, and I know no matter what work you do, because we've talked about this a lot with um, editing stuff, it's always helpful to have someone come in that has not been in the middle of it to give that outside perspective. And so just having the openness in your relationships to be able to talk and give feedback with each other is such a great um, just picture of how the body works together. So, yeah, I appreciate that. So we talked a little bit about being on church staff and no matter your role, that comes with many challenges. And Kelly and I have both experienced some of those as well. Mm -hmm. So we thought it would be kind of fun maybe or um, helpful to just kind of go around and just talk about maybe some lessons we've learned or advice that we may have received 
specifically about working in a church, because I know um, when I took on a role at a church, I'll just go with mine first. But somebody was like, are you still going to come to church here? <laughs> and at the time I was working at a church, uh, that was when I was an intern at a church and it, it was my church home. And I was like, yes. And they were like, well, just so you know, you're going to see some stuff. <laughs> and and I really, I think that that is fascinating and not bad advice, but it is definitely like you do get a different perspective. And I think it's important to remember that like you get a different perspective on the pastor, on how the church staff works together, the youth minister, whatever, because you're you're sitting around a table with them and you're discussing new ideas. And so um, I think that a lot of times it's just good to be aware like this is you're going to get a behind the scenes look. And so um, sometimes that is really great. Sometimes that makes it more challenging to work alongside with people. But I do think that um, it's just important to know. And so I appreciated that advice of I don't know if it's really advice, but just kind of more of a question of like, just so you know, like you're going to get a different perspective mm-hmm. and it's it's not necessarily bad. It's not necessarily good, but it's just going to be different. And so they were kind of just wanting me to still stay grounded in the areas that I already was involved in and serving in. And I think that is excellent advice as well um, to just kind of stay in the church. And then I also worked at a church that I did not attend. So that was a different perspective altogether. Um, And so, yeah, but just knowing, I think just looking at kind of like we said earlier with the um, male staff, but just all the staff, like they are brothers and sisters in Christ. They are also broken people. And so am I. And so just kind of going into it, knowing that, because I think working on a staff brings people down off of the pedestal that we may have put them on. And um, I think that's healthy and good to see, hey, we're all just working through this together. We're all growing in Christlikeness. So Ashlyn, what about you? Has there been any lessons learned or advice that you've received about working on a church staff? Yeah, I mean, I think that's so good what you said about just really being grounded and, and understanding that there's not this, you know, difference. I mean, we're, we're all people just, I just finished reading Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands by Paul Tripp. And so I'm just thinking, that, you know, yeah. we're just tools in God's hands. Um, another great piece of advice that I've received um, that kind of just goes along with this idea of, I think you've also really got to cultivate uh, a rich inner life. Like you have to be walking with God. Um, that's obviously true for, for all of us. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's hopefully the Christian life. But um, a, a couple of years ago, a friend told me, you know, other people, and, and I want to kind of explain what I think the heart of this statement is, that other people can do their jobs without being spiritual, but you can't. Mm-hmm. Um for the Christian, like we're called to do every job as unto the Lord. And so wherever you're working as a Christian, that is, um, you know, that is worship. It's, it, you're, you're more than just employed somewhere. So that, I don't think that statement was meant to elevate people. Um, but I think instead to say that, you know, you have to draw from a deep well in order to minister day in and day out. Um, and so for me, like the worst times of my ministry life have been, you know, really when I'm, trying to be a branch disconnected from the vine or just when I simply wasn't enjoying being a child of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we've all seen what happens like when you try to fake it, you know, I mean, Elizabeth, even to your point, you know, we, 
even by the grace of God, we all are people in process of being redeemed and, and we're not on these pedestals, you know, and, and, um, but, but when you're really trying to operate in your own strength apart from God, like it is damaging to your soul and to the people around you that you've been called to serve. Um, and so I would just say, you know, take the grace upon grace that God gives us, depend on that. Um, but I, I just really have learned, like, you've got to have an inner life that isn't all about the work that you do. Mm. Yeah. And I think that is very easy, like you said, to just kind of fake it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah I, I love that advice. Yeah. Kelly, what about you? Yeah, I've been sitting here thinking just there's several things that I, I was like, we could have a whole episode. I, I feel on like this. you've actually written a book on this. So <laughs> we're um, ministering in the local church. Yeah, so that's for sure. Um, but one of the things that I missed when I left local church ministry to become um, on a state denominational staff was there is a joy that comes from seeing the same people every week Mm -hmm. investing in their lives seeing their spiritual growth i mean and there's the hard times and the good times but getting to celebrate with them getting to mourn with them getting to to be i mean even in midst of conflicts or or challenges that you have uh there is something that doesn't replace the local church Mm -hmm. and doesn't replace the community and that really is just that picture of the body of christ and so it's it is special and it's it is different, Ashton. I think you really hit on that with with just the ministry is there is a difference. There yeah. is a difference than um, other types of jobs, even though we all do work and there are tasks that need to be accomplished. But the the people part of it, the praying with them, the getting to to spend time with them is such an important thing. And and I, I do remember even the times that were hard or that maybe there was some challenges um with with maybe even particular people i learned because my children were fairly um they were grade school when when i was working on church staff and i had to be really careful about the things that i said Mm -hmm. um when i got in the car maybe even after church or during the week because uh i could get through things i mean like i would be over something really quickly (laughs) But I didn't want my family to think any differently of anybody mm-hmm. else in the church. And so uh, they, because they're people. And like you, you said, Ashley, I mean, like we are, we are just, we're all broken people mm-hmm. and we're all, we're, you know, we're all being sanctified, but it is special. It's a special place to, to be in the local church for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of comes to our next question, Ashlyn, just, you know, we want to encourage our, our, our listeners, especially to pray for our church staff. And so what are some ways that we can encourage our staff? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say pray for spiritual protection. Um, You know, I feel the transcendence of Paul's words in Ephesians that the days are evil. Um, Mm -hmm. And so just pray for protection of your staff. Um, I would also say in terms of encouragement, and, and this is something for all of us to pray about too, but to really resist it with as much strength as possible, just the overwhelming tendency to be a consumer. Um, and even as someone who's on a church staff, I'm convicted by that. You know, I'm, I'm a consumer all throughout my day when I'm running errands and buying things and living my life. Um, you know, but where am I really investing and giving of myself to, to others within the body? And so 
I think we've got to ask um, ourselves, you know, that about our churches. I mean, I'm, I'm so encouraged and I know our, our staff, our leadership are too, when people are truly giving themselves to, to belong to their churches, you know, to, to let their lives flow out of the community of their churches. Um, and, and that doesn't take away from living your life. Like it actually is, is the way to more abundant life, you know, as you grow with others in the body of Christ. So I think just praying that that would be true um, in all of our churches. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think that is true of all believers, but especially like you said, if you're on staff, it is so easy to not to forget to pour into your, or to yourself and to like, um, feed yourself, I guess I should say not pour into yourself. That would be hard, but, um, to like (laughs) feed yourself on the word and, um, just grow yourself. Cause I think it is definitely a temptation and difficult to maintain. So prayer for that. For sure. Okay. It is now time for our last question. So what is something that has marked you in your walk with Christ? Um, can I cheat and say two things if they're quick? Yes, you definitely can say two things. (laughs) Okay. Um, well, one, I would say, um, in, you know, just in my walk with Christ, my, in my seminary studies, I've been taking a few courses, um, as, so I'm at, at Talbot and they have an Institute for spiritual formation. And so I've been taking a few courses in spiritual formation and theology as, as part of that. Um, and I just cannot overstate the impact of, of those classes. Um, the Lord through those really, those are just the means um, the Lord's been teaching me, you know, just in new ways, what it is uh, to, to walk with him um, to, to really be cracked open to God and just to walk into the spirit and um, to, to kind of be contemplating what it is to be a child of God. And so that's just kind of been an ongoing, um, gracious process. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say kind of in the context of the topic of this podcast is really just, um, leading with wonderful brothers at city church. Um, and, and especially Dean, our early pastor and Alex, my co-executive director, um, so much of my leadership and so much of my growth, um, as, as a believer and as, a leader in ministry um, is has been enriched by and enabled by them and and by our elders and so I'm just so grateful um, to really you know look around and see such a healthy wonderful culture for women to thrive and flourish in our church and and I know that's because of um, the the men who protect and lead our church well and um, you know especially in, in a culture where we have so many conflicting views of what you know, masculinity and femininity, you know, mean and how women and men are supposed to relate to one another. Um, that truly has marked, you know, my, my walk as a Christian and understanding what it means to be human, um, as men and women. And so I'm, I'm so grateful for them as my brothers, my friends. That's so great. Well, we also want to make sure that people know about, um, your podcast too. Tell us a little bit about Local Dive. Yeah, it's so it's called the Local Dive Podcast, and we really kind of have an angle talking about local Tallahassee life, but also just ministry, um, culture, and and the church. And so it's fun. It's you know we're flying by the seat of our pants, and every every episode kind of is a different topic. But uh, you know we we try to have some good conversations that hopefully um, equip our, our church members and and other listeners too to to be thinking critically about. Uh, what it means to live as a faithful follower of Christ in these times. So we um, we have a lot of fun. 
that's fun. Yeah, we'll I I'm a listener, out. so I enjoy it. And oh, good. I will like text you and Dean sometimes and be like, "Here's my answer to that question," <laughs> which I'm sure is like you're probably like we recorded that weeks ago. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I didn't know about it until Elizabeth told me, and she's like, "No, you need to check it out." Yes. So I will definitely be checking it out. <laughs> awesome. uh, thanks, Ashlyn, so much for being on the Mark Podcast. And we will be praying for you and we'll be praying for your church staff and and just all the exciting things that are happening at City Church. So thanks so much for being our guest. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great to be here. All right. Well, listeners, we we want to encourage you to look at the show notes. We've got some links to bring you there and we will see you back here next week. so much for listening if you want to join in on the conversation you can find us on twitter and instagram at kelly d king and at ed Heinemann. use the hashtag marked podcast to connect with us you can also find lifeway women on all social media channels at lifeway women all of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.com slash podcast if you love the show leave an itunes review it's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast we'll see you next time Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for Teen Girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.